Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about how to manifest the life we want through self-love and self-worth. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Barry Nicolau from Sydney, Australia. Barry is a corporate trainer and coach, keynote speaker, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The 11 Master Secrets to Business Success and Personal Fulfillment. You can reach Barry at his website, barrynicolau.com. And I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Barry. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you for having me, Linda. It's lovely to be here. I am so excited to be visiting with you and to be able to learn from you. Now, I understand that you wrote this best-selling book of yours after having an epiphany in a graveyard. So <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to hear this goosebump story. Can we start with that? Absolutely. And how long do you have? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, let's see. Give us the, the juicy tidbits then. Yes. Well, well, it was 2015, the year, and I, I was driving around like a lot of my friends and family and colleagues do, a little bit despondent about my life in the sense that you know, I was at a good job, I was earning great money, uh, but there was a hole, uh, something inside of me that was not being fulfilled. Um, and I believe many of us walk around this day, um, but don't really know how to fill that gap. So uh, I've got a call by one of my customers saying, Barry, can you please delay me an hour? And I said, no problem. And, and the best way to describe this, Linda, um, is my car speed itself. I wasn't consciously thinking about driving into a cemetery. Mm. I don't know if anyone was buried there, <laughs> but uh, it is the most, uh, it was the most beautiful day. It was crisp, um, beautiful cemetery, canopy of trees, if you can imagine, big wide roads. And I drove into one of these roads and I, and I started to walk amongst these graves, uh, albeit until the hour. Um, and I wasn't quite aware what was about to happen uh, to me. Um, and I, as I was walking through these gravestones, you start to do the maths between the years. You look at people that were born at a certain year and they died, and obviously you started to do the mathematics in between. And, how old people were and what have you. Um, and I guess a realization of life and fulfillment and purpose came over me. And as I was gazing into these tombstones, um, and I'm not sure how this is going to sound, but uh, I've kind of gotten past it sounding a bit, a bit freaky here. <laughs> but I felt three words bombard me uh, on a level that can't be quite described as as communication that we're having right now it was more felt these three words were felt more than anything and from that uh, epiphany um, my life took a completely different different path um, those three words were live your life and I didn't quite understand the uh, the intensity of what was trying to be communicated it was it just felt for me, I thought, if you want to tell me something, give me the lotto numbers. Don't necessarily give me three words that are quite common. You know, we, we say to people, live your life. Of course, I am living my life. What's the, what's, what's the big deal here? And uh, that night I went to sleep and I didn't think much of it. I thought it was just a random occurrence. Um, and then I wake up at 3 a.m. in this wild, 
sweat. Uh, I just didn't understand what was happening in this dream of mine. And the word your was highlighted in my brain as if live your life. Don't try to live anybody else's existence. Don't try to copy anyone else. Just, just be focused on what you love and what value you can bring to the world. And from that 3 a.m. awakening, um, I took a pad and pen out. And the whole house was quiet, obviously. And I took a pad and pen out and I just started furiously writing. I wasn't sure what I was writing. It was just a brain dump of information that I was truly passionate about. Uh, that I didn't really vocalise to my friends and family and colleagues. And that led to chapter headings and that led to a book title and that led to a year-long affair of, of, of researching and understanding 11 areas that intersected financial independence and personal fulfilment. Because you, in many cases, Linda, I'm not sure if you're saying, but we know a lot of wealthy people that there's a part in them that, that feels unfulfilled. And then you get a lot of people that aren't as wealthy um, that have this sense of uh, great energy and happiness and, and love and joy. Um, so I thought there must be a way uh, that intersects it. There must be, I guess, rules of engagement that, that allow us to have that sense of financial independence to do and feel and, 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 and be part of something and provide for our family but at the same time offer us a sense of completion and a sense of fulfillment and a sense of understanding our place in this cosmic, um, this cosmic universe uh, to do and to feel what is most important to us as people. So that led to the writing the manuscript, um, that freaky moment. And then uh, would you believe as the universe works, I ended up receiving a Facebook random message uh, by a gentleman saying we publish books if you have a manuscript would love to hear from you <laughs> and then I thought that this sounds pretty random how what are the chances of someone kind of coming across my path as soon as I finish this draft uh, book and then I met up with this gentleman and he said, Barry, let's get you on Amazon. Let's get you the number one on Amazon. Um, and I guess the rest is history. And what that told me, Linda, and this is something, this is a way that I've lived my life, right? It, when you are on purpose, when you are on target, when you are living the life that was intended for you to live, the green lights happen quite often and quite quickly. And it's something that I've noticed in my life. Uh, if something's been a struggle, it usually falls apart in my fingers. But, but when, when I've allowed a sense of the right people and I haven't struggled for it, uh, what tends to happen is that life ends up flowing in and out of you rather than you or me having to fight to do everything and fight to get to the right places or to know the right people. Or whatever it is, it ends up, you end up being in a fluid state rather than having to fight so there you go that's my little bit love of a freaky story oh, i love it and there are so many just golden nuggets as you're describing this story one of the mm. things that i'm thinking about is the mm. idea you talked about money and you talked about life and living fulfilled and purposefully and a lot of people equate success with mm. money and money mm. is wonderful but that in itself isn't success. Like you said, when you get that intersection and so you can have that fulfillment 
and you can have, um, and have the financial independence as well. So I love that. And I love that you're walking through a graveyard and you're doing the math. So when we see a gravestone, we see a, a birth year and a death year, and then there's a dash in between. And it's the dash where it is live your life. And so it's recorded on the gravestone as just a dash. It doesn't look like much, but when we're alive and when we're doing it, it is everything. It is right now. It is here. It is that moment. And how beautiful that you were able to find the green lights and being able to move forward. So I'm excited to be listening about all of these things. I had um, one other thought, and that is uh, you and I are on opposite sides of the planet. I'm in the United States and you are in Australia. And we were able to meet up through Instagram, which is awesome. And we were both guests on the same podcast. And then um, I was thinking about Instagram and how that has been an instrument for you that one of your manifesting posts actually caught the eye of, the, of Oprah. So do you want to explain that story? Well, absolutely. And this is a wild story. And I guess it reaffirms, uh, I guess, the theme that we're speaking about today. And, and if there was a theme about my life and where it's heading in the book and the rest of it, it is in the word allowing. Um, so I think, I think start allowing and stop struggling for me. So the way that the Oprah story came about was very surreal because it happened to me approximately two years ago. Um, so we have a Jeep a car, a Jeep, and we took our Jeep for a major car service. And the gentleman, as I dropped my car off, uh, he said to me, he said, Barry, this is the major service for your car. It's going to cost you approximately $800 because it's, we, we check the fluids, we check the tires, blah, blah. So he ran through this exhaustible list that the car was going to go through. It felt like a medical checkup for the car. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I said, you know, we want our car to run. It's under warranty. We've got money. Uh, it's about looking after our things so the things look after us. So, so he said, if you wait in this area over here, we'll have our driver take you into, 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 into town and we'll call you when the car is ready to be picked up. So I said, no problem. So uh, I jump into this bus. We go into town. Uh, I, I get off the bus. And I walk into a shopping center uh, in the northwestern suburbs of Sydney here. Um, and as I'm walking, Linda, I see a homeless man with a dog. And he is sitting on the ground. And I've seen this man here for years. I have seen him since probably about 10 years. He sits down in the same spot with a dog. Um, and the dog has no teeth. So you can imagine what the dog's been eating. It's, all sorts of things go through your mind. So I thought to myself, I'm not going to walk past him this time. I'm going to, I'm going to pull out some, some cash I had in my pocket. And I had $35 in my pocket. So I had a $20 note, a $10 note, and a $5 note. And I thought, whatever I pull out, I'm going to give him. So what do you think I pulled out? <laughs> I pulled out the $20 note, <laughs> the big one. So I pull it out and I, I get down to his level and I hold the $20 note with two hands and I said, this is for you. I don't care what you do with it. I just want to do it. So as I do that and he smiles and takes the money from me and I don't know how this happened again, but a gust of wind came and it must have been concentrated on my pocket because the 10 and the $5 note came out of my pocket in this big gust of wind 
and circled above me and landed at his feet. So I'm thinking this is awkward because that was my lunch money. <laughs> right? So I thought whatever happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the $35. I'm gonna give him the 10 and the five, and I already gave him the 20. So I gave him the $35 and I started walking in to the shopping center with a deep sense of um, fulfillment and a deep sense of being of service and a deep sense of giving. And I bought myself a coffee with a few coins that I had in my pocket and I sat on my laptop for a few hours, did my work, and I get a call from the car dealership saying that my car is ready to be picked up. So I said, great. So I met the bus driver in the same area that he dropped me off and uh, I start explaining to the bus driver about this wild $35 story from this homeless man and he told me a story about how he thinks that giving is, is part of life. We have to give of ourselves to receive. So we were in a great space together. So here I walk into the Jeep dealership and uh, the same gentleman behind the counter said, Barry, we've done the major service on your car. We've actually performed this, you needed to be tired or whatever, whatever. So he runs through the list and I'm like, no problem. Um, and he hands me the bill window, uh, expecting it to be $800. And he said to me, oh, Barry, the computer is showing me a, an, an amount here of $398. And I said, no, 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 it can't be right. I said, you've got me confused with somebody else. Uh, I was the major service. You remember me from this morning. You ran through what had to happen. And he says, I do remember you. He says, and I know because your car is the only car to have a major service today. He said, the computer is charging you $398, so that's all I'm going to charge you. Now, Linda, that's when I knew. That's when I knew that the homeless man and the Jeep dealership were connected by a force that we regularly cannot see, but we often feel. And that force is to be in service of people. You give away $35, not thinking anything of it, right? You've just done a lovely gesture to someone who's much less fortunate than you. But then the universe responds with the same question to you. It says to you, how may I be of service to you? And, and this has formed the crux of who I am as a person is when you're in a position to be of value, and not necessarily expect anything to come back your way. You're just being a good person for being a good person's sake because that's who you are. You're kind, you're beautiful, you're open, you provide value to people when they need you. When you're in that state of mind, um, then the universe responds with a very similar scenario. So, so I saved you know, $600 odd on a car service that, or whatever it was, $500 on a car service that, 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 probably would have happened anyway if I didn't give that, that, that money to that gentleman. So that story got me in the Oprah magazine um, as an Instagram post, and it was truly exciting uh, to be to be picked. It was really cool. That is a beautiful story. Oh, I love that. Thank yeah. you for helping him out. And I'm delighted that you are rewarded by being helped in return. So let's mm. talk more about this, this mm. process of, manifesting. And I'm sure that not everyone who is listening today is familiar with that term and what that means and how it works. 
And I understand that you've come up with a, a clever way to describe it. Absolutely. So, so manifesting is, uh, it, I guess, if you wanted to uh, uh, really simplify what it means, it's, it's attracting scenarios that we're working towards. So, so most of us have been brought up in the scenario to work hard. And, and I totally get that because I work as well. But every time we place a word like hard into our vocabulary, what tends to happen is we bring about the tradition of that term. So if we say that something's easy, we look at it and we think, yeah, that's easy. But when we say something's hard, then obviously we bring the scenario into our, uh, into our view that something must be hard. So for me, I just work. I don't work easy. I don't work hard. I just work and I put love into what I do. So when we talk about manifesting, and for those of us out there that I guess would like some clarification on how the body works and scientifically how we bring things into our existence. So let's just take skin and bones as matter. So you touch the arm of your partner or you touch the arm of someone that you love and you feel the warmth in their arm and you say, they're real, Barry. I can feel, I can touch them. They, they are real. And if you take a microscope to, to inside the human body, what do you get? You get the first thing you see is cells. If you go deeper, you see molecules. If you go deeper still, you see atoms. Now, you go deeper still and you look at what's inside atoms, what you get is subatomic particles. When you look inside subatomic particles, you get these little things called quarks. Q-U-A-R-K-S, quarks. Now, quarks are the most interesting things to look at under an electron microscope because the molecular structure of quarks change just through looking at them, just through observation, right? And then you ask yourself, what is inside quarks? And it is pure energy, pure energy. And then you come to the realization that is what can influence energy? What can influence quarks? Why do they change? And the only thing that influences quarks is thought. So thought influences quarks, which influences subatomic particles, atoms, molecules, cells, and matter. So when we say thoughts become things, that's the science behind it. That's that's. That's what people need to, I guess, really absorb when, when two people want to have a baby and, and, and they have a conversation over dinner and they say to each other, I think it's time we started a family. It's a thought. When someone buys an automobile, it's a thought. When someone builds a house and they talk to an architect about where they would like their bedrooms and where they would like their bathrooms and how many levels, it's a thought. Everything in our body is thought. It begins with thought. Illnesses begin with thought. Uh, people that are at peak performance, athletes that are at peak performance, we often see the end result of a great, of a physical body that ends up being discipline, which comes back to thought. Everything comes down to thought. So the science that I'm researching is looking into, for example, can thought create illness? Can thought create healing? Can thought create uh, any area of your life that you want to manifest? 
And the problem that I keep running into, Linda, is that many of us have our thoughts on how bad things can be or how, what, what, what's the worst case scenario. I was and just anything. thinking about that because you mentioned two things. Thoughts can yeah. cause illness and you said things that we want. And, and, and consciously, I don't want illness. And yet yeah. the thoughts really do tend to go to that negative direction. So I'm glad you clarified that. It can take us in good places and it can take us in not good places. Yeah, yes, yes, spot on. And and I guess um, where where it comes into really interesting, uh, where I what I find is it's incredibly uh, potent is whenever we fertilize a thought with emotion, we are given an order to the universe to say, "I want more of this." So let's just say we've got a perfectly healthy person, and they and they know someone with cancer. And they say to themselves, I don't want cancer. I don't want to be sick like my friend Sarah. I don't want that. The, the vibration of the statement is not in the I don't want. The vibration of the statement is in cancer. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we reword or how do we rephrase? Because you know, life and death is in the tongue. Whatever we say or whatever we believe, we will see in reality. So we get to a level where we think we want a long, healthy life. How do we rephrase that? I'm looking forward to have a great, long, healthy life with people that I love around me. That, that feels like a really great feeling to keep inside my heart rather than saying I don't want because what we have to appreciate is that the universe does not hear the no. It does not hear I do not want. It just takes the, the essence of the vibration of what you are saying. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to have no friends. I don't want to have any more fights. So what are we actually saying here? So it takes the essence of what you are saying, broke, fight, illness, and it gives you more of that. So we have to start rewording and rethinking about how we speak to ourselves and how we speak to others around us. Because as intelligent as we are as a species, sometimes the simplest solutions are much too easy for us to consider. It must be more complicated than that, Barry. And it really isn't. It really comes back to us having an appreciation of understanding that if we're kind, if we speak from kindness and we speak from love and we speak from gentleness, that's what will come back to us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's 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 what's really cool about it. That is fantastic. So let's mm. talk about how to do this. So you have mm-hmm. four ways that we can achieve these oh, desires, oh. right? Yes, 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 absolutely. So, and- so let's go there. So here we are. We're we're coming from a place of of manifestation, which means we're going to take thoughts and turn it into matter. And it comes from our words. It comes from our thoughts or they're connected. And the thoughts have to be spoken in a positive sense and also in current terms, not like something's in the future because it can always stay in the future. And we can't say, I don't want this and I don't want that. It needs to be, I, I, I want this or I am this. Okay, so this is, this is the direction we're going. So give us some more, some more deets on how to do this. Okay, so I guess the first thing to to, to, uh, realise is that everything that you would like to bring into your experience, or anyone listening today, 
whatever you want to bring into your experience is already a current reality somewhere in the world. So if you're after true love, there is true love that exists somewhere in the world. If you're after financial independence, are there people out there that have financial independence? The answer is yes. Are there people out there that have healed themselves from cancer? Yes, the answer is yes. So what we're really looking at here is the feeling of what you want. So that's, that's, what, that's where we struggle because most people can't feel well if they're going through a disease. It's very, very hard to feel well. But what you're after is the feeling. So, so let's just use an apple pie as an example. It's an innocuous example. I want um, an apple pie. Okay, so what's the first way we can get an apple pie? The first way we can get an apple pie is we go and get it. Really, really simple, right? So, Linda, you've got a craving for an apple pie. We're catching up over a coffee. And you say, Barry, love you to bits. I feel like an apple pie. Here's $10. Could you please go down the road and, and, and buy me the best apple pie that I have ever had? I'm say, Linda, I'll take that $10 and I'm going to go and buy you an apple pie. So I come back and I give you the apple pie. That's, 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 that's actually, well, actually, that's the second way. The first way is you go and get the apple pie. The so second I way. Myself, I can have you help me. Okay. Yes. The second way is you have me help you. And I apologize about that. The third way is really, really interesting. The third way to get an apple pie is if you and I are sitting there having a craving for an apple pie and all of a sudden it's a birthday of someone down the road or a, or a truck pulls up outside and someone walks into the room that we're sitting in and they say, sorry, Linda and Barry, um, is this your apple pie? And we say, coincidence, how on earth did that even happen? Because someone walked in and they've actually given us what we actually want. That's manifestation. That's, that's aligning ourselves up with, for example, the apple pie. The fourth way and the last way is human beings are heading in this direction, but we're not there yet. It's instant manifestation, which is we're craving an apple pie, we put our hand out, and all of a sudden the apple pie forms uh, right in front of us. And I do believe that human beings are going in that direction. And the way that I know that to be true is that we come from a divine source. I do believe in our home, we, we believe that we come from a divine source. That source has the ability to materialize from nothing. It materializes from, from thought instantly. So I believe if we are small parts of that, then one day there's no saying that we can't actually be in a situation where instant manifestation is part of our experience as well. And the other thing to consider is that we only use 10% of our brain. And, and if that in the future expands and we're at 20 and 30 and 40%, then I do believe wholeheartedly that we'll be at a level where instant manifestation will be something that will come into our experience. Very hard for us to envisage that now because at our current rate of consciousness on the planet, we don't live that way. But I do believe that things happen that are out of our out of our realm experience right now that we will see down the track. It's pretty it's it's, it's pretty wide. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. So your door number four, that option is kind of a Star Trek version where I just put out my hand and the pie appears. But since that's not a thing yet, let's go back mm -hmm. to door number three because that one seems a little more now and a little less yes. Star Trekky. So. Yeah. <laughs> What can we do to be able to, to get that? 
Well, you know what? I I consistently in my life, and you know, you, you have the apple pie come or whatever whatever it is you want to manifest. Uh, I, I look at there are signs that let you know that you're on the right path. And for me, it's a number. I see the same number come across my path. Today, I've seen it nine times. Um, and it's the number 88 for me. I keep seeing this number continually in my life. It's an abundance-based number. I understand that. But it also lets you know that you're on the right path. So what I do is I ask myself, if I'm on the right path with this, show me a sign that is tied to that line of thinking. Show me a sign of, 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 of if I'm on the right path. And continually, I receive these signs in my life. And and those signs could come through a person, those signs could come through a situation. And when you're at the level where you understand that what you want is actually already in the world, it's not a big deal to manifest it. It's, it's not this elusive, huge, out there construct that, oh, one day I would really, really like to get this. It's like, yeah, that exists. Yeah, is that possible? Yeah, I reckon it is. I reckon there are so many ways the universe can bring you that scenario. It's not funny. Where we get messed up is we believe that if we don't understand how something will come to us, we think that it won't happen. Mm, if we don't yeah. understand the why. So let's talk about faith and doubt. That kind of puts those it things does. together. It, 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 it really does. So, so say, for example, we've got the subconscious mind. Now, from my research, I've been really realizing that whatever you believe to be subconsciously true, whatever you really believe to be an ironclad truth, you will experience in reality. And the way that I know that to be true is just take a look at your own experiences. Everything you've gone through in your life, Linda, and, and me, myself, and and to the people listening, everything you've gone through, you believe was a possibility. Now, at some point, you fertilize that possibility with emotion, and then that has made it come into your experience. So for me, I look at things in my life that I want to manifest, and if it's not a subconscious belief, then I know it will not come into my experience. But if I believe, for example, if I believe that uh, I will get sick one day and it'll be an incurable disease. If I believe that and I fertilize that thought every day, I will experience that. Or if I get emotionally involved with a friend who's not well and I see myself in that scenario, although I don't want to, I do, and I think of how lucky I am that I'm not like that right now, um, I will experience what I firmly believe to be true. It becomes a subconscious belief. So this is a sure thing. So again, on the flip side of that, so if you look at uh, a financial amount that you'd like to have come into your bank account, this is, an, this is an innocuous example. If you want financial independence and you say to yourself, I would like X amount coming in every year and that would mean that I could have independence from the nine to five working week. And that means I could help that person out with their mortgage. And that means I could live there. And that means I could buy that. And that means I could help that charity. And that means I could start this foundation. And you start running through scenarios. I start thinking, are there people in the world that have that sort of life happening right now? And the answer is, of course, yes. So it becomes a subconscious belief that 
It's only a matter of time. I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but I can tell you it's going to happen. And, and that's the frame of mind. Now, if you have a family member or if you have, uh, if you speak to someone that's carrying very heavy energy linger and, and that says, no, Barry, that's not possible. What you think is just a dream. It's not real. If, if their fear gets in and you start believing them instead of your well-meaning intentions, it can derail you. It can derail you off of a belief that you would like to manifest in your life. So for me, faith versus doubt ends up being a scenario where you have to be careful what people you allow into your experience. I've got friends and family, and I know which ones the toxic ones are. I know which ones I have to limit my exposure to. Because when you think down this way, you have to really protect your energy. You have to protect what you would like to materialize. It's like a baby seedling. You know, you don't let the ravages of wind and storm and hail and, 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 and direct sunlight, uh, this little seedling won't survive. So you've got to nurture it into an environment where you give it the opportunity to grow roots and to spread and to grow. Eventually, when it gets to a certain level, it'll be on its own. But right now, the thought is like that little tiny seedling and it, it needs nurturing from the person that wants to see it grow. I feel that makes sense. Yeah. So do you spend a certain amount of time each day nurturing your thoughts? Do you write things down? What do you do yeah. to help nur nurture and nourish this little seedling that's, that you're trying to get growing, this idea seedling? Absolutely. So, so the first thing I do um, is I identify, I actually go backwards, I go through the other way. I identify the scenarios that can hurt the seedling. Okay. So that could be people, that could be a, a, a certain Instagram or Facebook post that has more fear to dish out than love. Uh, I get them out of my view. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, um, I don't reveal my thought or my seedling to anyone right now apart from me so i don't tell even my wife i don't tell my wife Lana about it because it's too small and right now i don't quite know what it is as i fertilize it so then after you start fertilizing it uh, a way that you can start doing that i'm sorry is is by daily having gratitude for what you've already going got going great in your life and linda it's not so much gratitude for the big things that we see it's not about the car in the house and, and the holidays and the vacations. It's, what it's about, it's about look at your own body and you start to have appreciation for your nails growing at exactly the right rate that they should grow and that your nose can smell the salt in the sea and then your nose can smell different cuisines. Your, your, your tongue can taste different foods all around the world. Your eyes can see distance, you can see close. Like you've got so many great things, you can walk. Not everyone has the privilege of being able to walk. And we are in a scenario where that's taken for granted every day. We just walk to the car, we walk to the bathroom, we walk to the shopping center, oh, walk, 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 it's easy, right? But we're not in a situation, not everyone has that ability. Um, so you start getting really grassroots regarding what you're grateful for. And from that, once you run through half a dozen or 12 things that you want to be thankful, you, you, you start to get bigger and then you can talk about material things that you're grateful for. You can talk about the people in your life 
that mean the most to you. Thank you for their friendship, their guidance. Uh, thank you for weeding out the toxic people. Thank you for helping me do that. It really, really means a lot. Um, so I can stay on this path and watch this little seedling grow up. So you end up, you end up uh, coming to a situation where you become a little bit selfish about the things you want to nurture and grow. Because if you don't become selfish, then you're opening up your, your seedlings to the ravages of, 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 of the weather. And nothing grows, uh, well, nothing can grow in that environment. It's too hostile for the seedlings. So for me, meditation is huge. Gratitude journaling is huge. Gratitude meditation is huge. Uh, cutting out the toxic people out of uh, my experience is huge. It also means that small talk and gossip is also out of my experience as well. And honestly, that actually feels quite nice because I don't want to discuss other people's problems and what they're going through and their challenges. I want to try and, it's, it's, it's a hard enough job trying to get that thought out of my head for me, let alone looking at what everyone else is, 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 uh, is, is up to. So, so it ends up, you end up becoming a little bit uh, introverted in a sense because you really want this little seedling to grow. And if you look at leaders all around the world and you look at people that have done like amazing things, right? You often don't hear about them until they've done this amazing thing. You don't hear about the, the years of struggle, the years of isolation, the years of failing and failing and failing and succeeding. You don't hear about that. All we do is we praise them in public and we say, well done for running the 100-meter sprint in eight seconds or well done for inventing an electric car company that's taken off or well done for inventing a, a computer brand that's done so well around the world. But we, we don't see the struggle. And in that struggle comes the nurturing, it comes the, uh, the selfishness, almost the selfishness. That means that you've got to protect your energy. You've got to protect because it, that seedling requires you to be so nurturing and so loving and so understanding and at the same time questioning how it can grow and, and where the nutrients are in the soil. And, and, and until it has its own equilibrium until it can grow by itself um, then that requires a, almost a sterile environment for you to be able to uh, and every thought we have is like that I believe so, so if you want to grow something that is, means the most to you in your heart um, it needs to be nurtured and I keep saying don't tell anyone your plan don't, you don't have to announce what you're doing you just, you just work at it every day every day every day um, and then whatever grows, grows, and whatever doesn't grow, well, you can plant in your seedling and, and, and see what happens. That sounds great. And to my way of thinking, having that mm -hmm. self-care and that self-love and that self-nurturing isn't selfishness. I think it counts as self-care and self-love and self-nurturing. So I am all right. on board. A lot of times when we're trying to be good and we're trying to be kind, we, we think we have to forget ourselves. Mm -hmm. and nurturing mm -hmm. ourselves, I think is a very important aspect. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you for all of the things that you've shared. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I am looking forward to an apple pie. So <laughs> that that's going to happen for sure. And I've got four options of how to get that apple pie. So I know I can make that happen. And thank you for visiting with me today. Thank you very much, Linda. Take care. It Thank has you. been a pleasure. Thank you. In closing, I'd like to share a quote from the Buddha. 
He said, all that we are is a result of what we have thought. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.